now? Yeah, yeah, you can say it whenever you're ready. How about now? Do I start now? Yeah, right now. Now? Or, or, or then. How about now? How about then? You can start, start <laughs> then. Hi, my name is Ferns, and this is the Massacast. Um, I had started recording a few episodes, and I was talking to a few friends, and I was thinking, I really need to get some new people on uh, on the show, but, uh, you know, I, so I was about to start um, start looking for new people who I've never met before, and then you emailed me. What prompted you to email to come on? I mean, with everything going on right now, it's best to collaborate and meet new people, and what better way than to get out of your own comfort zone of like, you know, sticking in with all of the other pro doms or sex workers on Twitter or whatever, than going online and seeing what's out there. And to me, podcast sounded like a great idea. And lo and behold, you know, going down the internet hole, I found you. <laughs> and you're like, this guy, this guy seems tolerable to talk to for an hour. Pretty much. Yeah. I'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, you're in, you're in, are you, where are you located or primarily, I mean, work out of, I should say? I am located in Las Vegas, which is quite an interesting place during the pandemic where I never go on this trip unless it's for work. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, since I'm not working in person during COVID times, um, just driving past the strip, you see everybody basically without a mask on, with a drink in their hand, sipping away, like partying as if there is no pandemic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is pretty insane to me. But uh... <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, how did you? How did, did you? Were you born and raised in Vegas, or how did you? How did you come to be in Vegas? I am a California girl, SoCal. <laughs> Um, and then I traveled the world for about four years, studying and learning and practicing being a dominatrix and a BDSM and kink. And then I was just like, I can't go back to LA. It's so fake. It's so bougie. Um, but I wanted to be close enough to home. So I moved to Vegas. Well, let's back up a second. So what what decided what made you decide to go like I'm going to travel the world and and learn about kink? I mean, what was the what was the what was your first exposure to kink or what brought you to that point? My very first exposure to kink. Ooh. Um so this gets into a little bit of my dark history <laughs> where I was raped at the age of 15 and sexually assaulted and kidnapped uh, and held hostage for two years by a family friend um, when I was like 16, 17. And then like some deep part of me kind of liked it, but like knew it was wrong. Um, and so I was messed up for a while. <laughs> right, sure, of <laughs> Which course. is why this is like so therapeutic for me because I get to – take control of my life now and hold that space for other people to move past of their past traumas. Um, yeah. And then I just hated all men for a really long time. And my first interaction with kink was rope bondage. And I trusted this woman enough to tie me up. And that was the moment that I like really sunk in and let go of everything 
And uh, yeah, after that, I was just like, show me everything. (laughs) So she took me to a play party two days later, and it was like a kid in a candy store. I was just like, I want to do that, 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 and all of this, and the rest is history, you know? (laughs) You know, you mentioned, you mentioned trauma as and BDSM as a way to to work through that. That's not an uncommon thing I hear. That's, it's, I know a lot of people who are, you know, on sub or dom or switch who 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 say that 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 they had some past trauma and that kink was able to let them take control of it, as it were, um, because they could make it their own or whatever, whatever, however way they they deal with it. Um, and it seems to be a pretty pretty common thing. Um, do you do you find that to be true as well? That you're not the only person who suffered trauma who uses kink or either is a dominant or a submissive to, to work through things? I mean, people come into kink at different stages of their lives and for different reasonings. I have definitely met a lot of people who it's really helped them through past traumas, but I've also met a lot of people who stumbled upon it because they just wanted something different and life is just too vanilla for them or something. <laughs> And so, yeah, you know, wherever they may come from, at whatever angle it is, it's a great place to be. So, and it allows you to play. It allows you this escapism of like, this is me, but like a different version of me. And that's right. so much more fun. <laughs> or or in some cases, it's the real them, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. There's I feel a, like a lot, a lot of people... Of people- put on a suit and tie and go to work and, you know, deep down inside, they just want to scream because it's a lie, you know, it's not who they really are. And then you make them strip down naked, get in front of you and kiss your feet. And they're just like, oh, this is where I belong. (laughs) Right. right. I I have a friend who is uh, really into uh, not puppy play, but kitty play. I guess she, she likes to be a cat. Right, she really enjoys the, the the kitty aspect of it or whatever, and um, she she just really likes that type of play. And one of the big reasons is that you know even when she was, you know, younger, she associated cats with being very cuddly and very, you know, warm and friendly, and that's something that's sort of missing from from her life in the day to day. And she, you know, when she's a cat, she gets to be very cuddly and she gets to, you know, swat at things or whatever. And, and it really works well for her. And she, for her, it's, 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 it's filling a void. Um, as opposed you know, so it is an alternate version of herself as well. It's, it's, I find it endlessly fascinating how it's different. So many different things for different people. Um, and I think it's really fascinating how humans can say, Oh, I, or justify something as, Oh, I am going to do this because I know that this is an allotted amount of time where I am able to let go and do this in a safe space rather than just doing it all the time and being like, well, this is me. I'm owning up to it. Love me for who I am. Like people have a lot harder time of doing that. So that kind of leads into the whole like forcing thing. Where, oh, I'm not really into this, or I hate that, or whatever, 
But you tell someone, well, you're going to suck that dick because I want you to. And they're like, no, but they'll do it secretly inside. They're like, oh, yes, I love it. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I often, I, I had a conversation with a friend about this recently about the forced by not being forced. And, and uh, that it's, there's something in someone's mind that just, it they need to be able to, it basically, someone forcing them, even though they know that it's, they're not being forced, gives them permission in a way. Absolutely. I mean, it's very easy to be like, well, you know, it's not really me. She told me to do it. And even as a kid, you know, like you kind of just place the blame on someone else because the teacher told you to do it or something like that. It, you are absolved of all guilt, right? So you get to experience right. it and justify it in your mind as, okay, it's fine. <laughs> Do you find that it's often a step towards um, accepting it or a step toward, is it like, does it usually lead to the person just saying, okay, here's who I am now. Um, I don't have to be forced at all. Um, or, or is that sort of, if they need that, they're, they're likely going to need that a lot, the, the, the forced part of it. Um, or is it just a step that, that once they feel comfortable and they know that you are not going to be, you know, uh, you're going to still like them afterwards, I guess, or whatever. My encounters have been more of the, I love the being forced aspect. Yeah, sure. They, their gender or sexuality may have changed um, afterwards to become bi, or something, but the ones that I have encountered just really enjoy that force aspect of, well, I don't really like it, but I do deep down inside and they would not do it otherwise without somebody telling them to do it. Um, yeah, that, that to them is more of an important factor than the act itself. Right. Or, or I've also heard the, um, some like the fact that they they are being quote unquote forced to do this as a proof of their submission uh and that for them it's more of the fact that that it's an act of submission more than there's it's a sexual act itself while others just really like the sexual act itself um i suppose it runs the gambit but uh, uh have you when someone approaches you to do whether it's forced by or forced whatever um how do you get into their brain to figure out where they're coming from on that i mean when you talk to somebody from the get-go if you can't get a feel of where they want to go or what they want to do i just ask them the simplest question and it's like what's the strangest thing you've masturbated to and that is just like opens a whole new realm of stuff because they're just like, oh, I've never told anybody this before. But it's like generally the deepest, darkest thing that they've done or whatever. And from there, you can take those little nuggets and inklings uh, to lead you towards the act. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, what, there's this one episode of The Golden Girls where Blanche was really, uh, really on one and just for some reason turned me on and one thing led to another. <laughs> and then I just go from there. Um, back to back to the aspects of COVID. Obviously, it's very limiting. You're doing everything virtually now. Um, I'm assuming. Yes, one hundred percent. I started 
Being a dom was a lifestyle choice I made seven years ago, and then I turned to do it professionally two years ago in 2019. Or no, oh, last year. Okay, yeah, last year, January of 2019. <laughs> and um, that was all in person, and 2020 hit, and I was just like, well... Guess I have to adapt with everything. And so March was when I hunkered down and focused all of my work to be online, um, doing clips, um, camp, Skype sessions, calls, customs, whatever, you name it. So it's been an interesting, uh, interesting change. And it broadened a lot of, uh, stuff for me. I've encountered a lot more, um, not encountered, but I guess I've explored a lot more and allowed myself to open up to different kinks now rather than before um, because it's all online. Um, I'm more open to trying it out rather than in person. Have, have there been things that you've tried out because you, uh, obviously there are things that are just safer because it's there's a screen in between you and the other person. So maybe there's, that's one reason why you'd be more open, but are there things that you, uh, experience and you're like, Oh, I, I, I think this might be something I want to do in person when things calm down because you maybe were exposed to something in a way that you hadn't thought of before, or have there any big, big, being big eye opener moments? Giant role play is like, definitely one of the biggest things for me. I only had one session like that prior to in person. Um, and it was fun. Uh, I guess I'm a natural at it. <laughs> and, so this is something uh, that you, you, go ahead, sorry. And now that you're online and you open yourself to, you know, the whole entire world about it, and I'm encountering so many people with this fetish, it's just become so fun. And I seriously feel like I'm just being myself when I'm a giantess and doing what I normally do as always. Um, but now in front of a camera and people are like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like, really? This is a thing? <laughs> <laughs> so can, can you explain what... For those people who don't know what that what what that entails and what maybe I'm sure there's some variations to it as well. Um, it is when a woman giantess or man giant um, is just becoming this incredibly humongous colossal entity, being god or goddess. And uh, just plays with tiny little miniature human lives and just crush them. <laughs> so, so because I've heard it, I've heard it either a the the person. What, what's the name of the person who's this the, the sub? Obviously, but is there a name of the opposite? Is it? I like call a them tiny tinies. Okay, so tinies, people, little little ones. I call my subs little ones. <laughs> okay, so so I've heard it. So that the uh, the different variations that the the. Uh, in some aspect, in some some uh, variations of this, the uh, giantess is much larger than anyone else. They're like it's the, like the attack of the fifty foot woman, right? It's just so in general, everyone's huge, or, or she's huge compared to everyone else. 
And then I've heard the opposite of she's normal size, but the submissive in that case gets super tiny. Yes, you can be shrunken down. Are you super large? You can be shrunken down or grow to be out of this world, basically. Right, Um, right. And I guess what I love about this fetish is that there's so much room to grow. (laughs) Pun. (laughs) And the fact that you can change your size and shape all the time, depending on your mood, you know, like as I get more dominating, I can grow even bigger, bigger. Or um, if as the sub feels more submissive and smaller, he gets smaller and smaller every time like he gets hurt or whatever, his ego crushed um, bit by bit, you know? <laughs> right. I, I, it, it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating. And how, how does that, like, so you basically kind of play act or act out a situation where this person's really tiny there, you know, you know, stuck in it, stuck underneath a door or something. Is that, or, um, that's basically the, I'm not trying to ask for details exactly, (laughs) but I'm just curious about like, like, what does that look like in practice? You're just, you're stepping on them. You're stomping on them. You're throwing them around across the room. You're getting eaten by a cat. Anything, you know, what I really love is how, this fetish allows you to go back into the simpler times when there was no technology and you're a kid and you're just playing with your toys. Right. And that's basically what it's like, you know, when you're playing with your Barbie dolls or whatever, with your Ken dolls and you're just tossing them around or like making little, making them kiss, like smooching sounds, you know, like, oh, kiss each other. <laughs> right. That type right. Of stuff, you know, um, yeah, I feel like I'm literally playing in that aspect. And for my subs to put themselves in that viewpoint is really cool. Um, and what and what is the – sometimes you can tell like uh, where someone knows when they first have that kink because of X, Y, and Z happened or, you know, whatever. I saw this movie or saw this TV show. Is there a common thread amongst – the most common one is honey I shrunk the kids. Oh wow. <laughs> wow, I never thought of that. Yeah. So they saw they saw that and they thought I I, I this is this is a thing. This That's is a thing. Good for them. Um there's a very specific scene in there where um I guess they like landed on some nachos or something and somebody puts them in their mouth and you can see See them like there's a view of them being inside of the mouth and they're getting chewed, the saliva swishing around, and they're just like trying to dodge the teeth. That that right there gets a lot of people, and that gets That's into amazing. the whole lore niche of giantess uh, play, where yeah, you could like just eat people up. <laughs> that's uh, that's so fascinating. I, that that's amazing. That's really fascinating to me. I'm, yeah. Now I'm now, and I'm I always hear, I'll I'll hear something from a friend or in or I'll, we'll be we'll be at a party and we'll be talking and then you'll hear someone comment on a scene from a movie and then someone else in the room will go, oh my god, that that scene did it for me too. And it's the most seemingly banal thing ever, right? It's like. I, I, I know I, I really feel like 
I'm, I'm a very, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a complex person. Like for me, it was very obvious. Wonder Woman tying up a guy or something. You know, it doesn't get more obvious than that, right? It's so blatantly obvious. It's not, my brain is not creative enough to come to some jump. Some jump. It's pretty much simple, pretty, pretty easy to, to connect the dots on that one. But, uh, but you, I'll always hear this type of thing where it's like, uh, you know, some scene from a movie that, which I've seen maybe a thousand times. Someone's like, oh, it's Ghostbusters. You know, the scene when, uh, you know, uh, so-and-so gets goo all over them. That's when I first got into splashing or something, you know. Um, you know it's really I, it's really interesting. I just watched that movie recently because, you know, I'm trying to watch classics again and be like, why is this a classic? Why did it like make such a huge impact? And I, for the life of me, could not understand go- why Ghostbusters was such a thing. But I was also distracted because my pussy was being eaten out. But <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I think that would probably distract you in regardless. Probably no matter what movie, you would be no. Kind of distracted. I mean, if the movie's good enough, I will pay attention. <laughs> um. So so giant giant Tess is is one big thing that you've sort of and and this is sort of uh, kind of started with with COVID. You like you were able to do that due to COVID. Is sort is sort of. What it sounds like. Yeah. Like you were I able to explore that filming clips on it and it just took off. And now people are finding me from forums I've never heard of before. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy I found you. I do this weird voice when I'm trying to portray a sub. <laughs> <laughs> As if I'm like super small or something looking up at me. <laughs> <laughs> So is, is there anything else that that's kind of come up uh, come up for you uh, that you've discovered think, thanks to COVID or like new fetishes or just like anything? Well, just just new things that maybe you hadn't thought of before. And here's a new thing: I started learning how to play with a 3D printer, and oh, wow. um. My friend is a huge 3D printing nerd. He's like my friend slash puppy. We've known each other for five years. And yeah, he got me really into it. And I literally posted one tweet about it and it just blew up. And it's these little 3D printed, um, obviously they're 3D printed, (laughs) um, little dino dicks. It's like dinosaur bottom legs with tails with like a dick head. It's really cute. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, it took off. And now I have this little side business printing 3D dino dick. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to maybe uh, explore other animals in the animal kingdom? Uh, Is it just like different different variations of dinosaurs i really enjoy this one right now so i am doing that another thing that i picked up um and i want to do with this as well is um learning how to make sex toys so pouring silicone or making silicone toys and again started out this quarantine uh making a butt plug for my puppy (laughs) <laughs> and uh super cute little it was, this was around april so i made it like a little easter egg with stripes and stuff <laughs> there you go and uh, you, go ahead sorry no go ahead for christmas i mean he's been using that one so we're sizing it up so for christmas he's getting a little bit bigger one and uh 
Next up is trying to make these dino dicks out of silicone as well. So I can like T-Rex an ass, you know, Uh, (laughs) one of my fantasies. (laughs) So you're just going to see a butt with a bottom of a dinosaur coming out of it. Absolutely. (laughs) This does work work for other animals. I mean, you could probably do a rabbit. You could probably, I mean, there's probably quite a few different animals. Alligator is a perfect one too, I think. Yes. I just feel like because the dinosaur is ex- extinct, I can use this one. It's more like on the alien side for me. So it's more of the fantasy realm where, uh, it's, you know, more realistic animals. I'm just like, oh, too close, too close to home. <laughs> that's true. Also, you don't have to worry about litigation from the animals if you depict them that they're around today. Like if you made an, an alligator, uh, alligator dildo, you may get sued from the National Alligator Alliance or something like that who don't want, you know, this is much more safe, much safer legally for you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we had talked beforehand about some of the things you're really, um, you're really into. And, and, and you had mentioned uh, uh, adult diapers. Now, I don't know if, if it's just the whole adult baby thing in general, but I guess, how did you come upon this and like, how does it manifest itself? Because it's something, it sounds like something you're really passionate about. This was introduced to me by my puppy, Deviant Cade. And he, I guess the first thing when you introduce a new king to somebody, it's like all about how you bring it in. And I feel like a lot of people online don't know that. And so they just like try to smash a kink into a pro dom's face and be like, I want this kink, do it for me. And you're just like, no. (laughs) But if you, you know, are really sweet about it and you kind of just say, I really enjoy this. And if you don't like it, you know, no big deal. But it is something that I, like, you know, find joy and, and kind of show me why you like it so much. And when I see that someone is super passionate about something or really in love with something, I'm just like, oh, I love this. Okay. Give me more. Like I am in love with that part of it. And it so how was it introduced really to you in a way that, that uh, was enticing? Uh, he, yeah, just brought it up in a very nonchalant manner and was like, yeah, I." he showed it to me, you know, like, these are the things that I like. Um, told me, oh, well, you know, there's a lot of different types of domination in here. You can do like diaper weddings, this and that. You can tell them how many diapers to wear and whatnot. And it leads into other aspects of domination. And when you give me a new tool, and tell me, well, you can have more power with this. I'm just like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> you know, I'm seeing it from the power aspect of how else can I use this? It's like a new paddle, a new toy or something like that. For right. Me. And uh, so, yeah, I'm more willing to play with it. And the more we play with it, the more I fall in love with it. And I see it as a, well look at how cute his butt looks in this thing, you know? <laughs> so so how, do you have, do you have now preference? It sounds like you've got a lot of experience with it now. 
now because of it, because he's my puppy and we're like constantly play with it, it's great. Um, and it makes public play a lot easier because it's <laughs> something you can wear under your clothes, you know? And with masks right. thrown on top of that, you can just throw a binky or a pacifier right right along with that. And he's just like, you know, an adult baby out in public and nobody would know. And the secrecy of pl- public play like that is just really juicy for me. <laughs> so what is the, you know, like what what is the, I, I'm curious about it, what it is from your perspective and also from, the subs perspective, like what is, what are, what are the, what do you feel are the benefits to it? I mean, you mentioned some of them, but you mentioned power. Is it because you're getting someone to do something that is sort of, um, uh, you know, it, it's taboo a little bit. Um, is it, uh, what is it, what is it for you? And what about the, on the submissive side? It is everything definitely stems from power first for me. Um, second taboo is just incredibly hot as well for me personally. (laughs) So that aspect of it. Another one is the fact that it's cute. It's like adorable. It's very easy on the eyes. And it's, um, for me, everybody, when you think of BDSM and kink, you're just like leather, whips, chains, like really hardcore, right. red, black, dominance, like and rubber. And it's just like, well, there's dominance in the softer side of things as well. And I've always wanted to have kids, but not deal with the crying and, you know, the mess and all that stuff. So this one takes care of itself, but I still fulfill that side of, uh, nurturing somebody (laughs) right does it does it scratch that you mentioned nurturing does it scratch that 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 uh caring because i i know people who their their dominance is about caring for someone almost as much as it is about controlling them um that they you know it's it's like a puppy they like like they like to they like them for lack of a better term parenting or mothering something that uh um that kind of scratches an itch do you find that to be true for you as well or that is is it mostly about power that is definitely true for me as well i care deeply for my subs and for the ones that are closest to me know that uh very well um you know we share something very special it's a very unique bond it is um a sacred space that we get to truly be who we are and not a lot of people see that. And that to me is intimacy, not, you know, some people think of like, Oh, intimacy is penetrative sex and whatnot, but this is more meaningful and deeper of a connection for me than, you know, people having sex in my opinion. Right. (laughs) And, and does it expand to other aspects of it? Like, do you do the, uh, is it the adult baby thing or is it just purely diapers or how does that, how does that manifest itself? I do both, but more so on the diaper play aspect. Um, just haven't had the opportunity to dabble so much in the adult babies, uh, with adult babies, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. 
I've I've seen more. It seems like more and more people that I know have been dabbling into age play, and I'm I'm not sure if that's a. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a something that is sort of a more escapism from you know to an innocent time, a more innocent time in their lives, or if it's. Um, you know, or what, what it is, but it seems like, and this has you know, been true for a lot of times, like th- things kind of go, uh, in and out of the, uh, uh, you know, of, of popularity, like for, you know, for a while, I remember, you know, uh, everything was about pegging, everything was about pegging or everything is about this, right. Or everything about this. Now, pegging is a unique situation because it's very mainstream now, or at least more mainstream now. But um, it seems like age play is becoming more popular. Is that just in my head or do do you you find that to be true as well? I'm not too sure if it is, but I do feel like when you express something or when you're just, you know, in the realm of things, you like tends to attract like. So, you know, if we encounter people talking about it, you're going to encounter even more people talking about it. And so then it becomes more prevalent in your life. And I feel like that's exactly how algorithms work, just the same way as the universe does. (laughs) Right. Um, You you mentioned that you you have a, it sounds like a, a, someone in your personal life who uh, is your puppy and has been, you said for five years since you've got into the pro thing over a year ago, it sounds like you've been together for a while. Um, Um, is that is that something that has been it started out as friends or like how did that relationship start so it's confusing there's two puppies <laughs> oh there's two puppies okay, yeah sorry so there's puppy the admin who has been my dear friend um we've known each other in our vanilla lives and we ex- uh found kink at the same time and met at a dungeon, uh, which was our first time together. Um, And we just were friends for a really long time. And then uh, we parted ways and came back together again. Um, So he's the one that's helping me out with the 3D printing business aspect. So he's called Puppy the Admin. And then I have my other puppy, um, Deviant Cade, who has been in the porn industry for a really long time as a femdom sub or a slave and uh yeah how did did you meet on in the porn industry or how did you how did you meet we met he found me on fat life and i had just moved to vegas and he was just like oh hi and we went on a hike and yeah that was that the rest <laughs> is history do you, do you, so do the puppies ever uh, fight? Oh my gosh. No, they play with each other very well. Because <laughs> I, 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 I've heard, I've heard of p- people who have had two puppies, like, you know, play puppies. And, and sometimes they will like, you know, get them together just to watch them, you know, duke it out. No, my puppies are very well trained and I don't like any violence unless i am doing it (laughs) so yeah they hang out together and have fun and stuff and puppy the admin is helping me make the butt plug for my other puppy so that's that's cooperation right there yeah that's cooperation. we take his anal stretching very seriously (laughs) (laughs) so uh 
I'm curious about that because I know uh, I know that is a thing for people, you know, basically always increasing size like that. What is it about you that that why is why is that a goal for you? Okay, well, he for Halloween, I was really proud of him because he was now able to fit a foot up his ass. <laughs> Congratulations. And, and for Halloween. If that's not exciting. I don't know what is, you know? <laughs> Because anybody can stick something up their butt, but who, who, how many people can say that they shoved a butt up their butt? Like that's that true. right there made me really proud. <laughs> that's true. And so, so you, but what, what, what does it for you that, because I, I just had a conversation the other day about this with someone who that is their big kink is stretching orifices. That's their big kink. It started out with, I want to train somebody to open their butthole bigger than they open their mouth. And everybody was like, that's never going to happen. And it happened. So screw you. Making my dreams come true. <laughs> you, you, need, you, need, you need someone with a very small mouth or the no, alternative, right? a big mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but for me, you know, I think with my circus background, um, and flexibility being a huge part of uh, my life Con and yoga as well. Constantly stretching out, constantly um, having that elasticity within your body is uh, really big for me. And so I guess another part of my brain was just like, why not stretch out all parts of your body? <laughs> right, right. What? What, what other aspects of your, because like you said, you were in it. Uh, I, I know a lot of people who kind of start in kink, um, you know, a little bit, and then they'll, they'll get into doing the pro thing. But you did, you did lifestyle long before you started doing it as a pro. Um, I, I'm just curious, what, like, did you find that to be a pretty um, dramatic shift for you? Because you know, obviously there are some things that you might not be willing to do with uh, a client that you would in your personal life or vice versa, right? Like you might be willing to be more harsh with a client than someone in your personal life or something. Um, or was it pretty seamless for you? I think it worked out pretty fantastic for me because at the point of that whole lifestyle phase, which I still do lifestyle um, now, um, it was very crucial to healing that part of me in order for me to give back professionally, um, right. in order for me to realize it's, it's, it can be so much more. And, um, I really didn't even know that it was a possibility to do it professionally until I was doing it for fun with a bunch of people and I left the country and my subs missed me and they're like, I'll fly you back and I'll put you up in this penthouse in this place for, you know, your entire duration. I was there for like another six weeks or something. And so he got me this whole penthouse and I was like, and he paid me on top of that. And I was like, wait, what? This is a thing. <laughs> and then on top of that, he like flew me and my friends out to like go on the safari and like paid for all of us. And I was just like, whoa, I can charge for this. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so it wasn't until after I finished my trip where I like came back to the States and I was like, that was amazing. Let's do that all the time. And so I looked up um, 
you know, what it was like to be a professional dom. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Let's do that now. <laughs> Let's do that. Um, yeah, I, I've, I, I've, I, it's, it's really because uh, I've got a friend who she was lifestyle for a while and then she did pro and she found that it was, um, um, how do I, how do I put this? Is that, um, because there were some things she wouldn't do with clients that she would do in her personal life. Um, she found that her itch to do those things increased dramatically. Like let's say for the sake of argument, she just never did flogging. That wasn't it, but let's just say sake of argument, she would never do flogging with a client. Um, that uh, when she would see a bunch of clients afterwards, she would be really eager to do flogging because she was not doing that in her in her in her professional life. So she needed that outlet in her personal life. So she just went and found a sub just for flogging. You know, <laughs> um, do do you find that to be true as well? That that uh, or or do you pretty much do other than like the emotional connection that you might have with a new client who you don't know very well or something? Um, do you just find, oh, this is a new thing for me to itch this part of my brain. And so, you know, there's, does it make me, leave me wanting more, so to speak? Yes. Um, I feel like with lifestyle and with professional, they fulfill, they're very complementary to each other. It's like the yin and the yang. It's very well balanced in my life. Um, whatever I find lacking in one, I can find in the other. And it seems to work out pretty great for me. Um, there are, you know, obviously everybody should have their own boundaries when it comes to playing. Um, but I have a lot more limitations with my professional subs until they have proven themselves worthy enough. <laughs> um, but with lifestyle, you know, they are there all the time. They have really seen all aspects of my life and have really shown me that they're there for my happiness. And uh, with them constantly showing me that, I am more open with them. Whereas professionally, they only see me, you know, once a week, once a month, whatever it may be, but for a very short amount of time. Um, yeah. And you can't really grow such a strong bond like that, like with my lifestyle ones. Yeah. Uh, um, how does it, uh, with COVID, uh, it sounds like you have several play partners in your personal life. Um, how do you, how do you manage that? I mean, um, is it just everyone's got to be safe and tested or, uh, they've got to, you know, swab themselves down with alcohol swabs or something. For <laughs> or, or how, how do you manage it? I'm, I'm very lucky that I live with, you know, uh, the person I play with. Um, so that's not a, not a concern, but like if, if you have multiples, are they all with you? Are they all live in the same place or how do you manage that? They all live separately and I know exactly who they see and, I don't ever ask for it. They just tell me. They're honest with me. They're open. Um, and that's why I trust them. And they also get tested frequently. And I get tested frequently um, as well. So, And I'm also filming. So every time you film, you get tested. So it's worked out pretty great. And yeah, they're not as social. 
is another word I would say. Um, yeah, they they kind of enjoy the seclusion, <laughs> being locked right. up in a cage and whatnot. So <laughs> it's it's been working out pretty great for them. Whereas me, a social butterfly, on the other hand, is just like, ah, oh, I need to get out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Saad is very much, uh, you know, she's not a total introvert, but she's more introverted than I am. And so for her, you know, she's like, okay, we're going to research new kink gear and there's all these different things. And, you know, we're going to be doing just, you know, solo. I mean, I, I am just, I really miss going out, you know, I just really miss going out. So we definitely have to do a, a balancing act with that. Um, you said you've been filming. Is that, does that involve a whole crew of people? Is that, uh, just you and someone else or how does that? How does that work? It's um, me and someone else, if I am producing it myself, or it's for a company, and that's generally just the cameraman, the sub, and me. So it's very small, very small crew. Do you do you plan those out uh, long beforehand, or is it sort of like, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna record a bunch of scenes, or how how does that? I imagine I imagine you have to have some idea of what what you're going to be doing, so you have the right equipment and stuff like that. But what's the what's the process for something like that? When you get booked, they give you a date and they tell you it's going to be like five six scenes or whatever, um, and then they ask you to bring certain things and whatnot, and you go. It's pretty simple, um, I guess. I'm just thinking, like, what would we do? Because I've just been doing this. <laughs> right. um, if it's for myself, um, I just have people come over to my place, and I have my own gear. Everything is set up here, so we just—it's kind of like friends hanging out and then turning on the camera. Right. Yeah. Do, do you? It's very casual. <laughs> when, you, when you're doing it yourself, obviously, you get to pick what you're going to be doing. You're going to be picking the people you'll be playing with and all that stuff. Um, when you're doing it with someone else, do you find it, uh, you know, how do, how do you get into that chemistry with the sub beforehand? Or, or do you do you usually know them ahead of time? Or uh, is it BYOS, uh, bring your own sub? Or how does that, uh, <laughs> how, do, how, do, how does that work? When you book with a company, they also are booking the sub as well. And I've, been lucky enough to film with Draven Navarro and yeah we just it's, it's you know a very small crew <laughs> we right. all know each other and so that's, that's really helpful cool. but if we have a new sub um yeah it's it's more of a professional day at work you get to talk ahead of time and like when the camera's on you do your thing so have, have there been things that, because I know this is true for me, um, and a, a lot of the people I talk to, as a matter of fact, is that, you know, you have in your mind, um, you know, if this wasn't COVID, I would be, you know, I would be able to do this thing um, or, or these things or whatever. And I'm not just talking about, you know, I'd be able to go hang out in a bar or whatever, it, but, but you know, as, as far as terms of kink goes, it's obviously very limiting. Um, have there have been, there been things that you've been really missing other than the social aspect of it, um, from a kink aspect of it that, uh, that you are eager to get back into? The one thing I miss the most is ball busting. 
And uh, the ones that I have as my lifestyle subs, yeah, they're not into that. So if COVID was not happening, I would just be going around busting some balls. (laughs) (laughs) That's a first world problem right there. (laughs) It is is, is a first world problem. Um, (laughs) It sounds to me like you have been able to manage COVID pretty well by by not just, you know, switching to online, but you're also making dinosaur dildos and doing all these other things. But it's obviously, you know, uh, it's, it's hit, it's hit pro doms and sex workers pretty hard. Um, um, and I, I imagine just everyone going online also makes it more difficult because obviously there's a ton of people online now, right? If there's, a, if, if everyone's switching to online, um, what's been like, Obviously, I'm sure you know other people in, you know, friends of yours in the industry, other people who are doing it. How, how is everyone else faring? Is it pretty much, is it tight for everyone or uh, in your circles? Is Are people doing pretty well? Um, the ones that I know personally are definitely taking a hit to their business and it sucks. Um, especially those who are doing a lot of in-person and are not making the switch to online. Um, yeah, that's just really difficult. And for the ones that I know who are online, it's not, some are taking a hit because they're not, they're just like reaching a point of burnout. Um, there's such an overwhelming amount of information, things to do. And, uh, you know, it, it can be daunting to look at all the stuff that we do back end on the admin side of it. Um, and yeah, it's just tiring. And I feel like it's extra tiring right now because you are creating a space for subs who are bringing along their immense COVID baggage Right, (laughs) and you're holding that space for them so it's like extra work for you yeah yeah because you're not only dealing with the normal aspects of it but also dealing with with everything they're going through right absolutely do you think uh uh i and i i suspect this will be true but who knows do do you think we're going to see a lot of uh an increase in medical kinks or covid related kinks or anything like that coming out of this Ah, uh, 100%. I mean, if Honey, I Shunk the Kid started Giant Test stuff, I mean, I'm pretty sure COVID started a lot of medical play. <laughs> a lot of people who want swabs. A lot of uh, gloves, a lot of gloves. I've definitely been wearing a lot more gloves lately, and I love that. Mask. Right. Mask just has this, like, it leaves you questioning. It's such a tease. That is exactly what it is. It's like a bra, you know? You're just like, ooh, what's underneath that face? Is he cute? Is she cute? Ah. <laughs> uh, we, 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 uh, because we normally go meet people at kink events, and obviously there are no kink events, we've, uh, we've gone on the dating apps now, which we haven't done in quite a while. And uh, there are so many people. You know, we'll be we'll be swiping together and stuff like that. And we're totally open about being kinky, but um, we'll be swiping on people and there will be a profile. that's just someone in a mask. And you have to ask yourself, like, hmm, they're let's see, their eyes look sexy. 
their their ears their ears look kind of hot because that's all you can see anyway um it's very clever if someone wants to be on a dating app and remain anonymous just to use a mask right um I, sort of like in go i ahead. wonder about that though like how good is ai or facial recognition gonna get where you put on a mask and they still recognize who you are Right. I'm sure it's only a matter of time. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, it, I think I, I think you're going to be, uh, you know, hope, hopefully, you know, this obviously clears up soon. But, um, you know, eventually, if, if it just keeps, if it's just, this is the new normal, you know, you're going to be seeing people, you know, uh, their masks are going to be the, the thing that they use to identify themselves uh, you know, it'll, it'll, if you're feeling uh, sub one day, you're going to be putting on your, you know, submissive mask and, and it'll have a ball gag painted on it or something, who knows. But, um, and that's how, you know, it's sort of like the hanky codes. Uh, you'll have a hanky code except for, uh, except for masks. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. I'm pretty sure they already started that. The, the hanky codes, but for masks, well, yeah, you can definitely get kinky related masks we've seen yeah um um just walk around with a leather hood just walk around with a leather hood all day that's that'll be the people just tell people you're being extra safe absolutely um so i'm curious what your other your other play partners you have um you have two puppies it sounds like mm-hmm what else? Uh, who? Who? I assume you. You. It sounds like you identify as Polly, or at least Very somewhat. Polly. <laughs> I mean, I don't like labels, but yes, I have multiple partners in my life. Um, I feel like a me being an extrovert. I constantly seek new. I love being around uh, new people and receiving attention from new people, <laughs> um, and. Not only that, but like the whole idealization of having one person fulfill everything for you is just so not fair in my eyes. Um, so yeah, I accept them for who they are. And if they accept me for who I am, I will, you know, seek out to someone else that fulfills my other requirements <laughs> so, so you have like uh someone for this desire someone for this desire yeah. and someone who fulfills this yes i have many partners that fulfill every little aspect <laughs> oh good for you that's, that's really great that's a little too much though <laughs> uh, I, I know people who are really hardcore poly and their google calendar is probably their most active application on their phones yes that right. is exactly what it's like. <laughs> uh, I, I'm curious about if, if there, if you found, uh, a, there's a lot of people I know who are, and this is not just in terms of kink, but, you know, vanilla friends of mine, you can tell that COVID has sort of made them realize that um, uh, th there's a lot of things we take for granted that, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, YOLO, right? That, that, <laughs> that the that my god this this whole thing we're doing is very precarious and and uh, we should probably you know if we've been waiting to do something we should probably do it sooner rather than later 
Um, especially when, when this thing dies down, you could, I think you're going to see a lot of people leaving their office jobs if they can and going to do whatever, right. Building a cabin somewhere or something. Um, have you, have you found, uh, uh, that the newbies or the people who are curious first timers have been coming out of the woodwork or at least, you know, that's what I would imagine if I had been kinky my entire life and never explored it. I imagine this would be the time I would, I would do it. Um, have there been a lot of more newbies now, or is it sort of, uh, people who are already into it are just, uh, participating more? I'm not too sure if there's a surge in newbies personally for me. Um, even when I was doing it in person, I seemed to attract a lot more newbies. Um, they always said that there was something about my personality that was very approachable and very fun. And so they would want to try the first time with me. And I, I think that's sweet and adorable. Um, so I've always had a, a lot of new people approaching me. So I don't think there's a surge that I feel because it's just the same as before. Well, this has been, it's been really great getting to know you and, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you're doing well. And in, in your, I hope your 3d printing business are you going to have a separate website for the 3D printing business? It's or up. I guess? It is up. It, it is. I need to actually link the two websites together. That's my bad. <laughs> what is, what, for people listening, and we can link to it in the, the episode description as well, what's the URL for the dinosaur dildos? It is playmaterials.net, P-L-A-Y materials.net. And you can order a dinosaur dildo there. And, and you're working on other designs as well? I am working on making that one body safe. So it's going to be silicone. That is super exciting. <laughs> is, there, is there anything, well, people will be able to check that out. Maybe by the time this goes live, you will have the body safe one. Are you, um, uh, is there anything else we didn't talk about that you'd like to, you'd like to mention? I think that's about it. I mean, there's so many things to talk about. Oh, we didn't talk about cheese. Oh, we didn't talk about cheese. You're right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you. I'm so glad you reached out. I'm so glad you reached out and, and got in touch with me because me this too. is. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. Yeah, and, and when COVID dies down, uh, uh, we've been we've been we've never been to Vegas together. So maybe we'll we'll go to Vegas and check out the kink scene there, and you can tell us what good places to check out would be. So. Yeah, come on out.